Good morning, Lit Chat listeners. This is PJ. And this is Bonnie. And today we are going to be discussing the first book um, that we... Of the new year. Yes. And this is a group reading. So the first book that we are doing as a group is Sarah Penner's The Lost Apothecary. Let's just get right to it. Bonnie, did you like it? Yes, I did. I have to admit, it's another one of those ones that starts out yeah, a little slow. I mean, it was okay, but I thought, oh, okay. And then the end grabs you. Okay, so I have to say I am very happy because what ended up happening is when we were picking the four books, actually it's three because the Gulf Coast one is, that's not our picking. But when we were picking the three books to read as a group, we had ties, as you know. And so I came to you and was like, you know what? Let's You pick one, I pick the other, and we'll just call it a day. I ended up picking The Lost Apothecary. And then, I don't know, there's something, of course, about when you pick a book or you suggest a book to a person, you feel that pressure for that person to like it. And you're like, oh no, did I make the right choice? <laughs> Which is how I was feeling because at the beginning, uh, you read it before me. So I was like, are you liking it so far? And you're like, it's kind of slow. And I was like, oh no. But yes, as you went along, you were telling me that it was a, you said it was like the silent patient. Well, I kind of felt that way that you're going along, not the subject matter, but you're going along, you're going along, it's kind of draggy, it's not, you don't feel like it's really going anywhere yet. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the last third of the book and it's like, oh, wow. I this don't disagree with like, you. Whoa, you know, and you just keep saying that over and over in your head like, whoa. <laughs> because the characters just... I don't know what the word is. They just explode. They just, they just all of a sudden, everything just starts. So before exploding. we start getting into more details, why don't we give just a little summary of what it's about? Okay. And by little summary, I mean little summary because we don't want to give anything away. Okay. You have this um, lady, Nella. She is the apothecary. And I have to point out that in the book, the very beginning of the book, they give you the ancient apothecary's oath. Now, I didn't write down the whole thing and I don't have the book with me, but one of the major points in the ancient apothecary's oath is to never administer poisons. That is in the ancient oath. Apothecaries were never to administer poisons. Poisons. Well, and I, I understand that because it's kind of like that oath that doctors have to take where they have basically are saying, like, I will do no harm to my patient. I will do what's best to my patient. So apothecaries were kind of like your doctors in your some pharmacist. way. They yeah. were your pharmacist and your, you, the people you went to for when you had issues. So it makes sense that that is part of the oath. Right. So Nella learned her trade from her mother and her mother was a wonderful person and her mother helped women. I don't, it, it didn't mention the fact of whether she helped men or at all, but her main clientele were women and women's issues of the day. 
and how to alleviate pain and suffering from women's issues. So Nella learns this from her mother, and then her mother dies from a long-standing illness. Uh, They don't tell us what it is. You can probably guess it's some sort of cancer or something of that nature. I almost thought that maybe it was tuberculosis because... They had the coughing of the, the blood of and the stuff. blood and all that stuff. Yeah, so that's... yeah, it was it was a major illness of the day that there was no cure for. Obviously, all you could do was alleviate pain and suffering as much as you could, and that was it. So Nella's following along in her mother's footsteps and keeping the shop and everything. And um, this guy comes in named Frederick. We should not explain too much of that. Okay. Let's just say that Frederick Frederick was the cause of her starting her issues with poisons. Yes. Her uh, dispensing of poisons. He clearly did her wrong, um, but we're not... But it wasn't her idea. No. No. It was Frederick's wife's idea. And this is where she starts her... Thing where women come to her when they have issues with men. It starts off as revenge. I think very much it still is revenge because right. years pass and she's still clearly hurt by what Frederick does to her. But also I think as the years go by, I think she's also kind of gotten in her head that as sinister as her actions are, because she's distributing poisons, um, she also seems to, I think, think that she's doing right, at least by the women. That's she- the whole thing. She is helping the women, and she has a very, very, like her mother, you did not do anything to harm women. Did it matter if, if the women were the worst people in the world, they were women, and you did not harm women. So when people came to her, she had a very um, unusual system. She had, um, when she started doing her poisons, obviously she had to go into hiding, basically. And so she had a system whereby the original um, front part of the shop now just looks like a storage place, and there's an old bin of barley there. And when women wanted her services, they would leave a note and bury it in the barley. So it's all word of mouth. Yes, it's all word of mouth. And then she would read the note and decide whether she was going to help this person. Nine times out of ten, she did. And that's where our story kind of uh, starts off with this 12-year-old girl showing up in answer to a letter that was left from her from the 12 year old girl's employer this 12 year old girl is eliza Lisa. fanning and then her employer is miss amwell and it does explain <clears throat> why it is that clearly miss amwell is trying to get rid of her husband and you can just imagine with a 12 year old girl in the house and an old man in the house where that's going okay so See, we, we can't give away too much stuff here. This is one of those books that's very, very difficult to talk about. Although I do need to say 
with this book, what you're getting is you're getting the voice of three people. So we've already included Nella. Nella, and you will also hear the voice of Eliza, but you will also hear the voice of Caroline. Now, this book is one of those books where it's past and then present and then past and then present. So Caroline is in the present day. And uh, she, as you can imagine, is going to get intertwined with these two women, but we are not going to say how exactly. Well, I don't know if it matters. Well, I mean, we're not going to divulge a lot of detail. No. Um, you, Caroline, Caroline is... This takes place in England. Yes. So story. Caroline's from the United States, and she is celebrating her 10-year anniversary. And to celebrate her 10-year anniversary, she has decided to book a trip to London with her husband, James. As it turns out, on the day before that they are supposed, supposed to go to London, she finds out that James has been cheating on her. She realizes that she still wants to go to London, in fact, James didn't really seem to want to go to London. He wanted to go more to a beach resort. She ends up going to London, and she decides that she's going to do her own thing. One of the things that she ends up doing, which is just so random, is they call it mudlarking. And which I think would be absolutely fun. <laughs> I think so, too. So she finds a... I cannot remember the name of the person can't either. But he basically is the tour guy doing the mudlarking. And I've never heard of mudlarking, so I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know what that is. Mudlarking is basically they are looking for items washed from up. the past that have been washed up from... The Thames. Yes, river. So that is what mudlarking is. So she ends up doing this and she finds a vial... An old apothecary bottle. Yes. With a little bear etched on it. Yes, which what we should also say about Caroline is she has... A degree in history. Yes. Speaks to my heart. And as a true lover of history, she clearly wants to know more about this file, which also speaks to my heart. So she starts to investigate... And in investigating, she meets Gaynor. Well, she is told to go to Gaynor by the tour guide. He says, if you want to find out more about this, go talk to this person at the British Library. Yes, which happens to be the daughter of the tour guide. That's how she meets Gaynor. And, you know, they're doing research. Um, she's doing research to find more about the apothecary vial, which, if you haven't guessed it already... This vial is from none other than the apothecary of... Nella. Nella, yes. Well, I think I don't think it would give it away if we tell why the bear's on there. Would it? Give no. It she and her mother both etched their vials and stuff with a little bear because they lived on Bear Alley. Their, their shop was off of Bear Alley. And Bear Alley was the main alley, and then their shop was off of another little section of it that was called Back Alley. And so in order for people to know where their things came from, they put little bears on them. Now, her mother, because her mother was in a legitimate business, put their address on there, which was, back, which was three Back Alley. 
And that comes into play later in the book. And it's not necessarily the whole word. It's initials. But it's initials that, you know, will lead you to make that, that it's back alley. So, yeah. So they it was basically their mark so that people knew which apothecary and it makes sense. medicines came from. If you want to make... Um, a living, you got to market yourself, and that's a way of marketing back then. But Nella later on took the address off of hers and only used the bear because obviously, if you're dispensing poisons, you don't want people to have the address <laughs> if the bottles happen to get found. So, anyway, we're going along, and Carolyn, I don't think it would hurt the story to say that Carolyn does find the shop. Her no. research takes her to find the shop yes and it's very interesting because obviously she does have to trespass it's behind a locked gate and she didn't go prepared and so she's using her phone light which is running out of battery and she ends up getting pictures and stuff and this is how they so let's culminates with some of the research let's break it down a bit more so let's talk about Nella Nella's Coming along, um, Eliza is fascinated by what she does and seems to want to learn more. Nella, you know, kind of doesn't want to teach her, doesn't want, she just doesn't want that for a child to be, you know, around what she does as a job because, you know, it's dark. Well, everything Nella is also getting older. Nella yeah. is also getting aged for that time period i mean we're not talking 80s we're talking 40s because you know women didn't live that long well and nella's health is in decline and it may or may not it alludes to her health being in decline because of what was done to her which once again we're not going to say anything about that but it also indicates that it might be very similar to what her mother had which would indicate genetics yes because it does say that she, uh, her mother... She has some of the same symptoms that yeah. her mother had. Um, so Nella gets into trouble when Lady Clarence comes. Now, you have to remember, Nella is... She does most of her stuff for the middle to lower class people. Because well, yes. her, her idea is that when you start dealing with rich people they can cause you problems. So she meets Lady Clarence, and Lady Clarence asks her to do this favor. Unfortunately, that favor is not against a man. It is against a woman. And as we have said, Nella is not for injuring women. But she doesn't find this out until after she has made the poison. So she, she decides not to give it to her, and that'll get explained in the book how that happens. But she doesn't give it to her. However, Lady Clarence is not taking it. And seeing how she is wealthy, of course, she makes a threat on Nella and basically threatens her with exposure. So Nella is now in a very tight spot. Not only is Nella in a tight spot, but also... Eliza is with Nella. So Nella now has to think about not only saving herself, but she also has to think about Eliza because now Eliza is connected to Nella. Needless to say, she has to go through 
with this, and it turns out horribly wrong. And it's I'm like just one of those Murphy's Law things. Everything that can go wrong went wrong after Lady Clarence shows up at the shop. And we cannot say anything else beyond that, I feel, for Nella, because it would just be too much. It'd be too much to be giving it to you. So there's Nella, and that's how she her trouble starts. Caroline is in London and gets a surprise visit from her husband, James, who she is less than thrilled to see. And clearly, James wants her back. She just wants some time to her. I don't know that he clearly wants her back. I think he's typical in that his whole attitude is, yes, I screwed up, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, look. Does he want her back? He does want her back. Why would you go through what he does? Which we're not going to say what he does, but he does a very... No, we should not. No, that's a... No, I'm just saying, I don't know that he wanted her back that badly. I think it was his ego in play. I'm not sure that he really wants her back. It's just that she walked out on him and he couldn't take it. And so he has to do something to appease his ego. I get a different take I on that because don't. he is visibly shaken and crying. And like I said, James does something very, very ill thought. Just Which almost puts Caroline in jail. Ah, yes. And that's why we can't tell you. Because, of course, she's doing all this research on poisons and stuff. And we'll just leave it there. We'll just leave it there. James is just... So dumb. Sorry. That's dumb, just dumb, dumb. one of those things that explodes at the end of the book. I'm sorry. So now that you guys know about what it is, let's stop talking about the plot because I think we've said more than enough. But let's talk about why we liked it. I mean, one of the things that we liked was clearly the ending was just crazy in the best of ways. Really? And I felt like the ending was crazy in the best of ways for both. For the female characters, All Nella and Eliza. Characters. Yes, and then Caroline. Like, that ending is just, okay, wow. Yes. So I was listening to it in my car as I was driving to work and from home. So I didn't actually have the physical book with me. So I didn't actually have a good idea of when it was going to end. And also, I usually, when I do an audiobook, I for some reason like to see how many chapters there is. This time around, I did not see the chapters. So I truly did not know when it was going to end. And there were several times that I thought it was close to ending. And I was like, wait, 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 one more chapter, one more chapter. This hasn't been resolved. Wait, 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 please, please tell me more about, please, please, please don't end without me, like, well, and we also have about to, I also have to point out that the book, it, when you do the audio, the CD version, there is a PDF disc that you can put in your computer. I did not do that because I had the book, so I just read those parts from the book. But there is a whole section at the end of the book that gives you a list of all of Nella's poisons and how they work and what they are used for. And... <laughs> And, of course, they were all against males. (laughs) Well, and, you know, to me also, it's this idea of the quantity that you have to take for it to become a poison. Because there are some stuff in nature 
where oh, yeah. you can take it in moderation. You can take small doses and it'll help you. But if you take larger doses, it's going to kill you. Well, morphine was one of those yes. drugs from back then that, you know, they used it in moderation for pain and stuff. But you could, if you overdosed, goodbye. And it's just, it's so interesting that, like, and all of this is provided by nature. Yes. And the fact that she figured out the quantities and what to put it in I mean, to hide the taste. To hide the taste and yes. to just basically hide the fact that a poison was given. That, you know, there was no residue left for authorities to find. There was basically your perfect crime. And it is a perfect crime because you, at this time, there are no autopsies. It does mention that, like, tests for poisoning didn't come out until much later. So, I mean, well, yes, a person author- died, and it could just be a natural way of dying, or it could have been because, you know, he this, drank too much. Well, that was part of it. You know, if a guy drank a lot, they could attribute his death to drinking something. In fact, if um, I'm not mistaken, the if, first death that they do, Mr. Amwell... They think that he just drunk himself because he was an alcoholic. Um, there's also the fact that, you know, they didn't know that much about heart problems and heart diseases. So, oh, his heart just stopped. You know, it must have been a heart issue. Different things like this. I mean, this. it really is the perfect crime because you don't have the science nor the technology that we now have and to investigate further. And the points out that it wasn't until the late 1800s, I think, where they could determine that a poison had been used when they started. So that's why she actually sets her book in 1790, Mm -hmm. because this is before there are any ways to detect poisons, either in autopsies or sediments or anything else. You know, they just don't have this. um, Also to your point about how Nello was so knowledgeable about the quantities I think that the apothecary, like, I think that that's one of those traits where, like, it does get passed down to you from your mom. It gets passed down because... Well, yes, her mother... Not anybody can just do it because not anybody is going to know the quantities needed or the supplies. her mother would want to tell her, you only go to this point. If you go beyond this point, then it becomes a poison. So now she knows at what point a very natural remedy can become poisonous. I do feel like it's one of those things where it's like, you have to have an apprentice. You have to have that, you have to pass down that knowledge because to be an apothecary, you can't just be like, oh, let me, unless it's in a book, right? But still, it's one of those things where, yes, you probably did have to be an apprentice. And yeah, if you're a woman or even a man, you're probably teaching your kid who's going to take over your business Right. Like the quantities, the ingredients, how to even do the ingredients. There was one that I thought was so fascinating. It's for Lady Clarence and the poison that they use, which is beetles. Yes. They have they to have go to into the night. Collect a hundred beetles out of this field in the middle of the night. And they have to then roast, roast them, them to get rid of the water. But you can't. To dry them. 
Yes, but you can't because, you know, she mentions that they have water, like every living thing, they have water. But you can't just throw them in there. You have to roast them little by little or else they get burned and then it gets ruined. And then once you roast them... You have to grind them up into a very, 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 very fine powder. And then the way Nella describes it is you are grinding one at a time. Yes. So it's like a day-long process. Well, a two-day-long process, if you count overnight yes. into the next day, yes. And then also, remember for Nella, <clears throat> she's struggling with her body. She's got what looks, sounds like joint issues because um, her hands and this are is hurting February. her. This is February in England, so it's cold. She does have to rely on Eliza's help, even though she doesn't want to. She realizes in order to get past this point, she has to have Eliza to help her. Were you satisfied with the ending? I think so. I mean, there's still a lot of questions. There's still a lot of questions. I know. I've got questions, too. But I really did love the ending. I like the ending. I think for the most part... um, I have a problem with these books that we can't talk about because it gives too much away. (laughs) But they are great books. But this is good because we don't want... wonderful, great... We don't want to ever give anything away to our... We encourage you guys to read this. Now... If it's a bad book that I don't like, I will be the first to let you guys know that Same maybe here. you should pass on that. But this is one of those books that, quite honestly, was just so good. I really liked it. I liked it so much that I'm interested in seeing what else Sarah Penner has written or what next she'll write. Because I felt like, once again, with The Silent Patient, I love the ending of that book, that I read his second book, The Maidens. I did, too. And loved it, too. And liked it, yes. And I feel like I, you know, I hope once, he doesn't lose his touch. <laughs> yes, once you know he comes out with his third one, I, you, I will be on the list for that. So I think you know with Sarah Penner, I would be interested to see what else she has, or maybe she's a new writer and hopefully she'll come out with something else. Because yeah, the Lost Apothecary was just. I mean, you know, I was in the car, and I'm a very animated person, so I feel like towards the end of that book, I was like, "Ah!" (gasps) and I probably was making all these weird faces, and I'm sure drivers were like, oh my God, is she okay? Is she having a stroke? (laughs) And I I literally just wanted to be like, no, I'm okay, I just, that's what good books do to you. (laughs) I don't know about you, Bonnie, but I, I think we did good. You know, we can go continue to talk about this, but then I'm afraid we're going to give too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we, we should will, probably we will end definitely it. spoil it for somebody. <laughs> so, um, as always, we're happy that you are listening to us. Our first in-house program for Lit Chat is going to be this Thursday on the 13th. We're hoping that you guys can come and let us know what you thought of the book. For next month, we're going to do Reader's Choice, so you guys are welcome to read whatever you like. Lit Chat is always the second Thursday of the month. If you don't get a chance to meet us this month, meet us next month. Um, I always love hearing people's opinions of books. I always want to know whether I should read a book or not because trust me, for someone who does not have that much time to read, I don't want to waste my 
reading time on a dud. So I would love to hear what you have to say. Right, Bonnie? Right. This has been another episode of Lit Chat. Hope you enjoy. This is PJ. This is Bonnie. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.